Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday, the 28th day of Lent. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. In your great compassion blot out my offenses. Wash me through and through from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my offenses and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are justified when you speak and write in your judgment. Indeed, I was born steeped in wickedness, a sinner from my mother's womb. Indeed, you delight in truth deep within me and would have me know wisdom deep within. Remove my sins with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be purer than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness, that the body you have broken may rejoice. Hide my face, hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my wickedness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Let me teach your ways to offenders, and sinners shall be restored to you. Rescue me from bloodshed, O God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. For you take no delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a troubled and broken heart, O God, you will not despise. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful Father, you freely forgive those who, as David of old, acknowledge and confess their sins. Create in us pure hearts and wash away all our sins in the blood of your dear Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 22 beginning at verse 13. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after going in to her, he dislikes her and makes up charges against her, slandering her by saying, I married this woman, but when I lay with her, she did not, I did not find evidence of her virginity. The father of the young woman and her mother shall then submit the evidence of the young woman's virginity to the elders of the city at the gate. The father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her, and now he has made up charges against her, saying, I did not find evidence of your daughter's virginity, but here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. Then they shall spread out the cloth before the elders of the town. The elders of that town shall take the man and punish him, and they shall fine him one hundred shekels of silver, which they shall give to the young woman's father, because he has slandered a virgin of Israel. She shall remain his wife. He shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. If, however, this charge is true, that evidence of the young woman's virginity was not found, 
Then they shall bring the young woman out of the entrance of her father's house, and the men of her town shall stone her to death, because she committed a disgraceful act in Israel by prostituting herself in her father's house. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. If a man is caught lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die, the man who lay with a woman as well as the woman. So you shall purge evil from Israel. If there is a young woman, a virgin already engaged to be married, and a man meets her in a town and lies with her, and you shall bring both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death, the young woman, because she did not cry for help in the town, and the man, because he violated his neighbor's wife. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. But if the man meets the engaged woman in the open country, and the man seizes her and lies with her, then only the man who lay with her shall die. You shall do nothing to the young woman. The young woman has not committed an offense punishable by death, because this case is like that of someone who attacks and murders a neighbor. Since he found her in the open country, the engaged woman may have cried for help, but there was no one there to rescue her. If a man meets a virgin who is not engaged and seizes her and lies with her, and they are caught in the act, the man who lay with her shall give fifty shekels of silver to the young woman's father, and she shall become his wife. Because he violated her, he shall not be permitted to divorce her as long as he lives. A man shall not marry his father's wife, thereby violating his father's rights. If certain parts of the Bible seem like we're reading the thoughts and customs of a very foreign and ancient culture, that's because that's exactly what we're doing. So it is probably best to read a section like the one we just read with an open and probably a very curious mind. What do you think that these particular ordinances were trying to accomplish? What do you think they were trying to restrain and regulate? What were they trying to make right? And if we were sitting down around a table together, and if we could discuss this face-to-face, it would probably be worth we're taking some time to just list some things that we might be able to puzzle together about the people uh, in this passage, about God and God's intentions, about what is trying to be set right here. For me, as I was thinking, I was thinking it was pretty dangerous to be a woman in this culture, especially since a woman seems to be treated more like a prized piece of livestock than another human being. And I suppose this was mainly to guard and keep lines of inheritance and family relationships as neat and orderly as possible. But what is amazing about the Bible is actually how messy the real stories of these families actually are. The law as it's presented, especially here, seems to be very neat and very orderly. Real life, real family life, real relationships are messy, they're dynamic. Passages like the one we just read, ones that we just read, might also be there to give guidance to the elders who must sit at the gate and judge all of these messy cases of real life. Judge them by weighing the evidence, not by any other other means. That's why, in addition to knowing and comprehending the law, we are to ask God for wisdom so that we can know how the law can help and guide us in the lives that we actually live, not just within the, the world of the law. And in these lives of ours, and, and also in the lives that we read about in the story of the Bible, we find that women are as active and a driving force in the story as any other. In the story, we actually 
find something, a case that might be related to the one that we just read. We find the story of a young woman, a woman named Mary of Nazareth, who conceives a child, we are told by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, the man to whom she's been engaged to be married, has a vision of an angel. He believes that word, shows mercy and love to Mary, does not expose her to disgrace or to the stoning that's prescribed by the passage we just read, and instead takes Mary as his wife. And she becomes the mother of our Lord. The cases outlined in this part of Deuteronomy might be distant from our experiences, but they also show us a deliberate and systematic attempt to judge what happens between people with justice, providing some level of protection for those who otherwise might have had no one to speak for them. Remember what Jesus said about how hard-hearted people can be in the need for the law to include provisions that can at least start to contain and restrain that kind of cruelty. There is a way of reading these cases as a step in the right direction, a step towards protection of the vulnerable, a step towards justice. And yet, it will be in Christ Jesus and not in the law, in the story of Jesus and what he does and what he says and what he accomplishes, that we will be made one, And in that unity, no longer male or female, Jew or Greek, but all children of God bearing the image of God. So beware of people who think that they can legislate into into action in our world the same kind of laws they think they read about in the Bible. Those laws never made anyone righteous. More often than not, we find that they are hard-hearted and lacking in wisdom. Because for every hard and fast rule we seem to find in Scripture, for every law condemning and prescribing death, you can probably also find the story of a very important person in the Bible who proves to be the exception to that rule. And in that exception, we find that the Holy Spirit is actually at work bringing about God's plan to give life and salvation to the world. In the end, no one is justified by works of the law. We are righteous when we live by faith and out of faith love God and love our neighbor. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. 
Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of com- for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationships with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and especially for the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.